A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Brothers and sisters, if you were raised with Christ, seek what is above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Think of what is above, not of what is on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, your life, appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. Put to death, then, the parts of you that are earthly, immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and the greed that is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming upon the disobedient. By these, you too once conducted yourselves when you lived in that way. But now, you must put them all away. Anger, fury, malice, slander, and obscene language out of your mouths. Stop lying to one another, since you have taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed for knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. The word of the Lord. The Lord is compassionate toward all his works. Every day will I bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and highly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Let all your works give you thanks, O Lord, and let your faithful ones bless you. Let them discourse in the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might. making known to men your might and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is a kingdom for all ages, and your dominion endures through all generations.
Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucam. Raising his eyes toward his disciples, Jesus said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude and insult you, and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. But woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. Verbum Domini. With the Beatitudes that we hear in today's gospel, we're given a choice by the Lord to either trust in God or in the good things that God has given us, which can actually lead us away from him if we're not careful. When it comes to money, our Lord says, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. And woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. He's not condemning the rich, but he's giving a warning because it's quite easy for one who has a lot of wealth and possessions to begin to place their trust and their security in those things rather than in God. When one is poor, it can be easier to turn to God, realizing that we don't have everything that we need to be completely self-sufficient. We're called to depend completely on God. But with the effects of original sin, which is active in each of us, we tend to resist depending on anyone or anything other than ourselves. We want to be in complete control. Many try to increase their wealth or their power and their possessions to gain a greater sense of control. They want that feeling of control, but it's always futile and never leads to satisfaction. We know ultimately that God is in control and he wants us to trust in him completely. As St. Augustine would say, if you have God, you have everything, even if you don't have anything else. And if you have everything else, but you don't have God, you have nothing at all. And the one who has God plus everything else doesn't have anything more than the one who has God alone, right? God alone suffices for everything. St. Teresa of Avila also emphasized that. And she said basically the same thing. Whoever has God lacks nothing, she said. God alone suffices. When it comes to food, our Lord tells us in the Beatitudes today, blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. And woe to you who are now full, for you will be hungry. So each of us knows what it's like to experience hunger, be some more so than others. 
But we should remember when we experience any sense of hunger that we should be hungering for God and for the things of God. We should be desiring him. Our Lady said in her Magnificat in the first chapter of St. Luke's Gospel that God fills the hungry with good things. Right? Our hunger, our desire should ultimately be focused toward God, directed toward him. We know that if we're filled with the things of this world, there's no room in our lives or in our hearts for God. Worldly things cannot satisfy us completely. Only God can satisfy the longings of our heart. And further, our Lord says, Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. And woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. This is a reminder that as sin and injustice cause us to mourn, we should be praying for the conversion of sinners throughout the world. Right, That weeping, the mourning for our sins and the sins of others. Our Lord isn't condemning laughter in itself, but he is warning us not to get caught up in being frivolous and not taking anything seriously, turning everything into a joke, which is also very possible. If everything becomes a joke, we can easily get distracted and lose sight of heaven, which is our goal. And the fourth beatitude recounted by Luke is, Blessed are you when people hate you when they exclude and insult you and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man, and woe to you when all speak well of you. We know that persecution and hardship will come, right, if we strive to be faithful to the Lord. But he will give us strength to persevere. On the other hand, if everyone speaks well of us, we should probably examine ourselves, right? Is my motivation, do I want to please everyone or do I want to please God? If we're speaking the truth, People will pick up on that if they're striving for truth. But if we're speaking the truth, those who are full of themselves, they're not going to like it. St. Paul would say in his letter to the Galatians, if I were still pleasing men, I should not be a servant of Christ. So are we using our gifts for God's glory to help lead others to heaven, or are we seeking our own glory? So these beatitudes are not easy sayings. They are challenges. But they're also invitations to purify our hearts. They require detachment and trust in Almighty God. And they also teach us that following Christ involves self-denial, taking up our cross, and that's challenging. But it's also the way to imitate Christ, and it does lead to true blessedness, to true happiness in heaven. And we know, as the Catechism tells us, that true happiness is found in God alone, who is the source of every good and of all love. And that's what the Beatitudes our Lord is giving us as an invitation again to turn to him. Today we also celebrate the memorial of St. John Chrysostom, who's a doctor of the church. And he was born in Antioch in the mid-fourth century, and after having been ordained a priest, was made bishop of Constantinople. And his steadfast preaching and teaching the truths of sacred scripture and our faith led many to a greater desire for holiness. But it also made him some enemies. And I can't help but think of the gospel today when the Lord said, woe to you when all men speak well of you. Right? That was not the case with John Chrysostom. He spoke the truth and many did. They were pleased with him. That's why he was given the name Golden Mouth. Many were drawn to him because he spoke the truth. But again, because he spoke the truth, he made many enemies. As St. John Henry Newman would later describe it, St. John Chrysostom was a man to make both friends and enemies, to inspire affection and to kindle resentment. 
But his friends loved him with a love stronger than death, and his enemies hated him with a hatred more burning than hell. So there's no sting on the fence when it came to the words, the teaching of John Chrysostom. People either loved him and loved the truth, or they hated him. And one who didn't take too kindly to his words, his preaching, was the empress at the time who conspired to have St. John exiled. And one of the things that struck me was his response when he was persecuted and sent to exile. He said, you will not frighten me unless you're able to send me to some place where God is not. So it's a good reminder that keeping in the presence of God is a source of strength in time of trial and temptation. Similarly, as King David would say in sacred scripture, though I walk in the midst of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for you are with me. Right? There's nowhere that some people can banish us to where God is not found, where he's not present. And keeping in mind God's presence also helps increase our zeal in serving him. It can help us to practice virtue and in carrying out our responsibilities. And St. John Chrysostom also had a tremendous love for sacred scripture. And he'd preach often on the benefit, the spiritual benefit for reading sacred scripture. First of all, he'd say that the cause of all evils is not knowing scripture. He said, we go into battle without arms, and how are we to come off safe? So scripture equips us, it arms us for the difficulties and the temptations that we encounter each day. St. John Chrysostom would also refer to the Bible as a medicine chest. He referred to scripture as medicine for the soul. And he'd say, if grief befalls you, dive into them. That is the, the works, the books of sacred scripture. Dive into them as into a chest of medicines. Take from there comfort for your trouble, be it loss or death, bereavement of relations. Or rather, do not merely dive into them, but take them wholly to yourself, keeping them in your mind. Right? He's encouraging us to be completely immersed in the word of God. And in another homily, St. John Chrysostom would say further, that the divine words of scripture indeed are a treasury containing every sort of remedy so that whether one needs to put down senseless pride or to quench the fire of concupiscence or to trample on the love of riches or to despise pain or to cultivate cheerfulness and acquire patience, in them one may find in abundance the, mean to do, the means to do so. Right? Sacred scripture is a treasure for each of us. So we ask for St. John Chrysostom's prayers for each of us to be regularly reminded of the presence of God throughout the day. Remember, there's nowhere, as long as the Lord is present, we're going to be fine if we keep our eyes on him. And also that we might have his great love and appreciation for the word of God in sacred scripture, constantly finding in it nourishment and strength for our soul.